You are here, aren't you, Ninja? 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 The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. up time oh yeah it's time to do the show yes here it is welcome to the five count here it is oh Tom, guess where we are here i am live from ton's garage we're in the garage <laughs> yes i'm sorry it's such a mess normally this time of year i'm actually cleaning this whole place up you'd be surprised and i'm pretty sure i will do it again this year every year i've done it i clean all this up so that two cars actually fit in here can you believe that? You know what, Tom? It's all organized and sweet. I don't think you have to apologize because uh, the listeners can't see you. They can't see anything. Can't see this garage. Well, if you tune in this to some... excuse for a garage. Some, uh, some soon happening co-op episodes, maybe you'll see some of it. But we might, like, you know, frame it nicely so you get, like, cool motorcycles or something. I don't know. Yeah, we have really uh, went location scouting here in the past two years. Yeah. We've come you from a lot of interesting places yes so i'll i'll just put it out there really quick thank you so much to all of you listeners out there that helped us out with the gofundme uh previously to help us uh acquire this the roadcaster pro amazing it helps us to be able to do this to be able to record from the garage or wherever we end up going and have it sound really sweet so thank you thank you again well, Ton, I hate to say this to you, but um, I spoke to the management at KMSU, oh, our host station, and they said oh, we are boy. never welcome back. Really? So I'm afraid it's the garage or nothing from here on out. Well, again, thank you so much for our actual supporters, which is our listeners. So thank you so much. Ton, thank you. Hey, Ton, congratulations. I don't know if you're just tuning in, if you've heard the news, if you saw it in the free press. I think it was on <laughs> KEYC. Uh, there's Ton, and now there's Ton's son. Yeah. Yes, there is. That's why Ton sounds so groggy. Yeah. I don't sleep much at all right now, but that's okay. He's blowing out for two now. Blow- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I've got a little son. He was born October 8th, 2.50 a.m., Sibelius John. Everybody's scratching their head going, what? John spelled 
J-O-N. Yeah, it's because that's what my middle name is. Like Ton. Yeah, my middle name is spelled J-O-N. So I just passed it on to the son. The daughter got mom's middle name. So, you know. And I actually got my dad's middle name. Couldn't throw a Dustin in there, huh? Couldn't do it. Well, maybe on the next round. I checked with the upper management and they said, nah. Man, we don't have much luck with that upper management. I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So if you're wondering, if if you're wondering at all, Sibelius, um, if you look it up, it is he he is named after the Finnish composer. That's all. I don't have to I don't have to get too deep unless you ask that question, but now are, do you have Finnish roots? Um, I don't know for sure. That's a no. I have a lot of roots all over the place. Um, I'd have to get out my my family books that I had one aunt that cared enough to try to track it down, and she tracked it down for not full generations, but tracked it down quite a bit. But my wife has that Swedish and Finnish roots, so it works out. Well, Ton, I'm so excited for you. Yeah. And I got your gift, and I got you the gift of great radio. Yes. Which, as you know, is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it is. Or at least for the last almost 18 years. Holy cow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we got some traffic around here. Don't worry about it. Got a little nervous. We're outdoors. Is this the first time we've done the show outdoors? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, legitimate. Now, if it, if need be, I can close the garage door. Because I will say, if someone drives behind us here, you will most definitely hear it. Well, and the thing that I like is, for the last 17 years or so, we've had the proverbial crickets yeah but now when you hear that it's actual crickets yeah if you can hear it it's actual crickets not just like the absence of listeners yeah yeah real bugs and stuff it's a real thing out here it's all right dude i mean it's okay it's gonna be fine i think your sweet bed music really helps it out speaking of sweet ton we've got a lot of stuff happening tonight yeah uh it's a pretty exciting show to start with uh ton and son yeah. <laughs> because we've got an exclusive interview tonight with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Rick Wakeman. Whoa, what? Yeah. What is even happening? You know what the odd thing is? Ton is wearing his evening cape. Yeah. Didn't even know that we were having Rick Wakeman on. I had no idea. It's just a big old coinky dink. That's amazing. Ton's got various capes for various <laughs> seasons and occasions. I do. I do. You got to be prepared good cape is worth quite a bit you know well rick wakeman he's uh kind of the guy who popularized the cape the cape well him and dracula i suppose yeah. <laughs> dracula might be up there but yeah that's amazing it's gonna be awesome i don't know if you knew this ton but uh, rick wakeman's on tour really uh, it's called the even grumpier old rock star tour even grumpier old rock star he's coming to the pantages theater in minneapolis on november 5th how old is he He's probably in his 70s. Wow. He was in Yes in the 70s, right? Yeah. Wow. And he was also... This guy played on a bunch of uh, of your favorite albums. He was on a bunch of David Bowie albums. Really? Elton John. He was on... Uh, what else was he on? He's a man about town. Cat Stevens. Man, that's awesome. He played on Ozzy's Osmosis album. Yes, dude, of course. Now I'm speaking tons language. Oh, yeah. Perry Mason. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. That sounds great. So Rick Wakeman's on the program tonight. I love it. 
got some other mailbag questions and a whole lot of other stuff. I got a ton of gift. Yeah, you did. Ton and son, really. It's a twofer. Am I supposed to open it now or wait for another? I guess we can probably play some music or do some other kind of radio stuff first. Sure. I know you're just jonesing to see what I got (laughs) you. Well, really, I'm sure it's for him, but that's okay. Hey, I got uh, some messages here to the Five Cow Mailbag. Awesome. From John and New Ulm. Oh, really? What a guy. Do you still record Wednesday nights? So I can time text letters I send. Still want to call in and leave a message. Been about two years since I called. Yeah, man. Live listener for 12 years, reporting live from New Ulm, John. Wow. Well, John, I'm sorry to say we now record Tuesday nights, and the timing is going to be quite kind of different for a while. It's going to be like right now we started at almost nine o'clock, and uh, sometimes we start at seven. You know, it depends. So the timing's going to be all over the place. But if you have Twitter, I don't know. Do you do you post on Twitter and Facebook or just one or the other? I didn't post anything because I was just so nervous. Well, when you do post it, I mean, most definitely on Twitter, probably on Facebook as well. If you're you're able to look at those two places, John, Dusty will post it when we're going to be recording, and you can can call in live. You can call it with this this whole setup, even us in the garage. You could call the five-count hotline, 507-519-2030. You could call the five-count hotline, and you could be talking to us live, live over the air. You know what else? Ton could possibly just call you at random. I could if you gave me your number. Oh, we might have his number. Oh, I have his text. number. We could just call him. Just call him and say, hey. Could you imagine? John, I have a question for you. If you're if you're listening, then you can go ahead and correspond here with another question. How would you feel if we randomly called you on a Tuesday night? How would that make you feel, John? If it were me and I thought that Ton might be randomly calling me, yeah. I'd be nervous as hell. You'd freak out. I've known Ton for 28 years, and <laughs> I'm still kind of freaking out. I was going to say, even if Because typically, if, really you. if I know I'm going to talk to Ton yeah. ahead of time, I'll write, I'll jot down some notes. Yeah. I'll come up with some clever things to say. Wow. Because I don't want to look like a fool in front uh-huh. of Ton. So I like to practice in the mirror, you know, <laughs> things I'll say like, hey, how you doing, Ton? Uh huh. How about them gophers? So like, man, what about this weather, huh? You're practicing on the drive over here, or what? Yeah, just you know, because I don't want to look foolish. Wow, that sounds that sounds really exhausting. It sounds like you're gearing up for an interview every time you see me. I'm sorry. Well, you know, Ton, it's kind of my fault because um, I underestimated our friendship and thought for sure <laughs> you'd take a walk two months in. I didn't know I'd still be doing this twenty so years you later. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> And I thought for sure, by it if it were ever to last this long, uh-huh. my nerves would be calmed by now. But yeah. for some reason, I just get real jittery. Well, listen, just be yourself, pal. I love you just the way you are. It's fine. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, let's uh, hear some songs that feature Rick Wakeman. Awesome. Then we'll come back and we'll feature ton. All right. My time was running wild A million dead-end streets and 
Every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me, but I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the faker. I'm much too fast to take that test. Newman, you're listening to the five count.
first morning Blackbird has spoken Like the first bird Praise for the singing Praise for the morning Praise for them springing Fresh from the world
We're back, son. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Here we are. That was yes with roundabout. You know, there's I'm I'm uh, I've been trying to listen to some yes and it's pretty cool. There's st- some stuff I'm really enjoying and some stuff I'm like, eh, but it's okay. What's the stuff you enjoy the most? I can't. The I early can't. stuff? Yeah. That's the stuff that features Rick Wakeman. Yeah. yeah. He's on the program tonight. Yeah. You're um, the stuff that you really really love is like mid 80s, yes. Like <laughs> Owner maybe, of a lonely heart. I mean, and that kind maybe of stuff. there's there's nostalgia attached to that stuff, you know. So then I'm like, oh yeah, and I remember childhood stuff happening and listening to that song on the radio. But yeah, dude. But yeah, I'm sorry, my brain is a little fried right now, so it'll be it'll, I'll be hard pressed to come up with actual names of anything. It's but, okay, uh, Tom, because the thing that sits atop your brain, your Egon Spangler hair, yes, that's doing it. Dude, dude, this hair, I am just rolling with this hair. I've been growing it out. I'm just going to keep going. You know, I actually have a haircut appointment next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, a week from today. You should change that to an extension Yeah, appointment. I was thinking I might just say, like, you know what? No, thanks. Just keep it, keep it rocking, dude. It's fine. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> and everybody says, like, what are you doing with that thing? And I'm like, nothing. I just get up and run my hands through the hair, and it's like, boom. That's why everyone's so jealous. I feel like it looks a little bit like Steve on Stranger Things, and I'm going to tell myself that so I feel good about it. Do you remember Steve? I don't even need the four puffs of the Fair Fawcett spray. But you sound like Steve Perry. Do I? Wow. I had no idea. It's the full package. (laughs) You wonder why this guy's having children. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Dust. Let's open this gift. I got a ton of gift. It's a baby gift because Ton had a baby. Yeah. Ton and son. It says baby right on it. You think you'll own maybe your own business or maybe start up a plumbing business and call it Ton and Son? It seems like a good plan. You know, when you say it, it seems good. I'm the kind of guy who comes up with dumb nicknames for people, whether they like them or not. Yeah. As um, you can attest to. But that's a good one, I think. Ton Son? Yeah. <laughs> Even for a biz, Ton and Son. It's, it's fine. That's Ton, and that's Ton's son. <laughs> I think it works out. That's why Ton's wife doesn't care much for me. <laughs> so this is what I'll say here. You can you can hear me kind of doing this. Um, I will say this. I don't I don't know about you, Dust, but I I have a weird thing. Like even now, I'm a little bit worried. Theater of the mind. I'm worried about having. Uh, Having a son, I'm like more worried about that than having a daughter. I don't know what that is. You know what I would say to that? Relax, it's just ton and son. <laughs> yes. Well, it's. I think it's because I'm. I don't have the greatest relationship with my own father, and I didn't growing up, and so there's like a weird piece of me of like, you know, how am I going to do that? There's aspects of myself that I want to pass down to a son, but at the same time, I know that it's not great to do it the way that my dad, you know, somewhat did it to me. So I know that, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain, but like I have to be cool with it if he doesn't care about motorcycles at all or working on stuff or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's it's like a weird thing to think about. I have to be cool with it. Just um, picture him like you do me. Like, yeah. God, that guy's just a 
biggest wuss bag I've ever seen. But you know, he's my friend, and he's pretty cool. He's got some yeah, redeeming qualities, sort of. <laughs> I don't think you're a wuss bag, first of all. But yeah, I, it'll be it'll be fine. I'll do fine. Look at that, dude. <laughs> Am I gonna have a commando kid? This is a this is a camouflage onesie right yeah. here. Now here's what I had in mind, Tom, and dude. I'm sorry I couldn't find the headband. Yeah, but I'm picturing your son dressing up like Greg Ganya did when he was under the tutelage of Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> dude, yes. This is awesome, and <laughs> a Knight Rider, a kit die-cast car. This is perfect. Dust. This is amazing. See? This is the kit that I always wanted as a child, Dust. This is perfect. I never had one. I had just, I had a random Trans Am, plastic Trans Am, and I had a sweet semi-truck with a trailer. But I had Some this, kid broke off the smokestacks. Yes, he did break the smokestacks. <laughs> and I had a random Trans Am that I used as kit, but I never had an actual kit. Now I do. Well, Sibelius does. But we can you play together. Can <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much. So the person I was with when I got that said, you can't oh. give this to a baby. And I said, and you said of course I can. Yes. Yes, we can. This is the perfect baby gift. <laughs> a replica of Kit. Yes. That is awesome. And a Greg Ganya Slaughter's Marauders onesie. Yeah, dude. Well, I, the ne- thing I needed is, the headband. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I can do... The, it'll go either way. It'll go that way, or if I get the the red headband, it's like Rambo. It'll pass for Rambo, right? Or if I just paint his face, it'll pass for Schwarzenegger and Predator or Commando. Well... Since it's your son, you better get it on him soon because I'm guessing his biceps will rip right out of that thing. Yeah, he is kind of uh he is kind of large, but I think this will fit him. This is this is bigger and looks more like it'll fit him than the stuff we had to bring him home in. He oh, it's a winter onesie. Literally did not really fit in the in the newborn onesie we had to bring him home in. It was like stretched to the extreme. <laughs> so yeah, he was pretty. He was a good size. I mean, he's nine pounds. That's good enough, right? Pretty That's soon he'll size. be carrying you on his shoulders. I hope so. I really do. Well, there you go, Ton. Dust, thank you so much. Dust's uh, family, thank you guys so much. I'm sure you had something to do with it. I appreciate More trying it. to discourage me from buying those things. No, those are perfect. That's awesome. Do I need to get a photo of. Greg Ganya, dressed up in fatigues. Well, yeah, when I put it on him, I'll send it to you, and then you can do what you will with it. Yeah. I feel like they made a Remco action figure of that. Really? I think so. Are you serious? Greg Ganya action figure? Yeah. Wow. Wait, there he is. Rambo, really? Greg Ganya. Wow. Here, I got him on the... Well, I can't move this too much, but... I found some photos for Ton to Let me see. be able to model his child after. <laughs> see that? Yeah, dude. Wow. That's him right there. And that's a real legit action figure. Ganya's Raiders. Wow. So he needs a camo headband and a red headband. There's got to be ways to do this. 
There's got to be baby Rambo headbands or something. They probably sell them on Amazon. They're like stretchy and they just fit on there perfect. You think Twitter Lori could make some? Dude, I need to look for one of those. That's legit. So then like we put them in the onesie because my wife will be like a camel onesie. Great. And then I'll be like, it's fine. It's Women. a winter one. It's going to be just fine. And then I'll put them in it and it'll be fine. And then randomly when she's not looking, I'll slip on the Rambo headband. You know what I'm saying? And like, oh no, he just transformed into Rambo. <laughs> ah, it'll be awesome. Ganya's Raiders. Man. That's the name of the team with uh, Greg Ganya. Him and Kurt Henning. That dressed up in army fatigues. Seriously. That's awesome. Billy Floyd shouts probably knows all about it. Dude. Ganya's Raiders. I'm going to have to remember that for when Floyd shouts asks again about some kind of. Dude, that's got to win some kind of cool points with. With Floyd Shouts, right? Mid eighties, like uh, Raiders, AWA trivia. Yeah. He'll finally be like, "Oh well, I guess that's kind of okay." I don't know it's a tough, tough road to hoe. Instead, or climb, okay, or travel, he or might, whatever you do with the road. He'll probably still call me a lameo. Something you can't win with that guy. Ton, you're the least lame lameo I know. Like, I plan to even have him over here in this super dirty garage and stuff and, like, be pals with him, and you still can't win. When are we going to do that? Next week? I don't know. Maybe. Floyd shouts, clear your calendar. I got the uh, projector out here. We can try it. We'll figure it out. Everything's coming up, Ton. It's a test run. Hey, Ton, uh, Rick Wakeman's on the program. Yeah, man. Can you believe that? I cannot. That's a big deal. It is. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Rick Wakeman is on the five count. Yes, dude. Super awesome. He's got a show coming up at the Pantages Theater on November 5th. Let's hear all about it, shall we? Yes. We're joined on the phone today by Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Rick Wakeman. He's on his The Even Grumpier Old Rockstar Tour, and that's coming to Minneapolis here at the Pantages Theater coming up on November 5th. Rick, how you doing today? All right, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's an honor to be speaking with you. Thank you so much. Uh, my, my pleasure, sir. <laughs> well, first of all, congrats uh, being named a commander of the Order of the British Empire by the Queen. That's definitely a cool thing to put on the resume. Yeah, it is. I must admit, it did come as, a, as somewhat of a shock. I got a phone call um, uh, pertaining to come from the Cabinet Office at Number 10 Downing Street, and I thought it was one of my mates playing a joke. <laughs> so I didn't actually take it too seriously, and and uh, and basically um, <laughs> told them to go away in not very polite form. And they said, "Please call this number back." And I, and I checked the number, and it was indeed the cabinet office at number ten. And I got through, and they said, uh, "We've you know, recommended to the Queen that you get a, a, a CB." And I nearly fell through the floor. Um, <laughs> I got a lovely message from my great friend Brian May because they gave him a CB some years ago and he said, it's great. There's two of us now. Oh, that's nice. No, it was, it was, it was really nice. Cause it's, um, it's CBs are, are awarded for your, um, for your work, for what you do, not for over, over your life, not, not for charitable purposes or anything like that. So I was, I was really, really, very pleased. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm openly a big Royalist, um, so it was just lovely to get, I must admit. And, uh, uh, you know, people, it's just, it's just a very nice thing. It's a very British thing, of course, but it's, um, uh, 
I don't know. I, I just felt very, very proud. I must admit. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you mentioned uh, being honored for your work, which uh, of course you've been doing a lot of over your career. And, and now you've got the even grumpier old rock star tour coming to the U.S. And I imagine yeah. being off the road for the last year or two. Uh, I'm sure that's led to some of the grumpiness there. Uh, it, as it has, it has gone from a grumpy tour to a, a very grumpy to an unbelievably grumpy, <laughs> and even more grumpy than humanly possibly grumpy you can be tour, because the lockdown has just, oh, you, you, like everybody, you know, you've just been tearing your hair out, especially in in the music business, both for you know, both for musicians and, and artists and, and also for audiences, because we're all the same. We all go to enjoy music and enjoy art and enjoy theatres and in, enjoy arenas. And and when it's taken away, it's it's a major part of it and an important part of, of all of our lives, really. So it's been a very tough couple of years, I, I will be honest. But um, uh, we're, we're still here. I mean, the, I, I mean, COVID's hit home very hard to to a lot of us i mean i i have lost 19 people that i know um through covid and that really hits home hard yeah most definitely well it's great everything's kind of getting back to normal here hopefully and and you're coming to uh, the pantages theater in minneapolis here on november 5th what are the listeners in for when they see your show i know you've got a lot of music but you got a lot more than that as well yeah i do music i've got lots of anecdotal stories I mean, this time round, I'm bringing a couple of keyboards as well as the grand pianos to give some nice variation on sound. It means I can play some pieces that, you know, that work better on a keyboard than they do on, on a piano. Uh, plus um, a series of extremely ridiculous anecdotal stories, um, <laughs> which I s- seem to have collected over many, many years. So there's there's, there's lots of them, um, which, are, which are good fun. And they change quite a lot as well, because when I arrive in... You know, somewhere in a town, I'm. I've got lots of friends always in in the towns that I go to, and you know, you speak to people beforehand or after, and they'll always remind you of something that may have happened the last time you were there, or maybe when you were there ten years ago, and you go, oh, I remember that. I can make that into a story, and uh, so you know, quite a lot of the stories will will change depending on where I am. Uh, which is, which is great, which keeps everything fresh, really. And the same way with the music, because often or not, it will remind me of a piece of music that I did maybe once when I was there or whatever. So that even though I have a set list, it changes drastically. Well, I imagine that it's got to be a bit tough to decide what to play sometimes. I mean, you've got enough music under your belt to probably play a different set list every night if you wanted to. Yeah, you're not far wrong. That's that's called getting old. <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah. When you when you might when you, you know, it's like somebody said, you've got so much music. And I said, well, when you've been doing it for, for like 55 years um, solidly and, and, and that as well, and you've picked up stories, you've only got to pick up three or four stories a year. And that's like like 250 plus stories, you know, and then the same with, with, with music. So you're right. Yeah, it could. I could almost do a, a different set for every show, but um, um that would be a bit tricky because there's always a few pieces that people, you know, like to uh, hear all the time, which will, will always be in a set. So um, I like to try and vary it though as, as best as possible. So, you know, people who've come before will see and hear, you know, a few, a few um, different things that they may not expect. Excellent. And again, uh, Rick Wakeman will be at the Pantages theater in Minneapolis on November 5th. And 
You know, as far as stories go, I wanted to ask you a bit about your session work over the years. You got enough stories just from that, I imagine, but you've done so many different styles over the years. Do you have ideas that you want to try when, when you come into the studio or, or do you improvise your parts, you know, while they're recording or how does that usually come um, about? Well, I tend to, I, I play the piano every day and I don't try and write music or try and, I don't say, okay, today I, I'm going to write some music because it, it's not really like that. You can do that. I mean, with the knowledge, like all musicians, with knowledge you have, I mean, I could sit down and write a piece of music um, anytime, which most musicians can do, um, but it won't be inspirational. It'll be based on what you know. Um, inspirational stuff comes and, you, and you, you can't plan it. It just comes. And then when it comes, you go, oh, great. And you start working on it and write stuff down and, uh, and work on it like that. So that's, that tends to be how, how it works for me. And sometimes you can go months without having any inspiration and then you can, but still playing and still doing stuff. And then suddenly you can have a, a couple of weeks where it just, flows and you come out with half a dozen things uh so i i don't push it if it comes it comes and if it doesn't it doesn't really um but uh lucky enough it, it does tend to come relatively frequently which is good <laughs> well do you i don't know if this is a weird question but do you have mixed feelings sometimes about some of the albums you've appeared on because you've been on some classic songs a lot of important albums but you know, I'm guessing the session fees you were paid probably don't reflect, you know, the kind of impact that uh, some of the stuff you've recorded has had. Yeah, that, that I, I can understand what you're saying. That is true. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to play on some multi, multi million, uh, like ten million plus selling albums and, and records over the years. And a, a few people have actually said, "Gosh." What did you get for that? And I'd go nine pounds, which is the equivalent of about twelve dollars or something. Uh, and I said, "Cause if you had the, the right money, you, you, you'd get a fortune." And I said, "Well, yeah, that's true." I said, "But there's two things. First of all, I did about two thousand sessions on about two thousand different records, out of which probably I would say sixty or seventy made a profit, and some made." big money like some of the Bowie stuff, Elton John stuff, of course, and things like that. And I said, that's, I said, but then you've got to look at the 1,940 odd tracks that I played on that either lost the artist or the record company a lot of money. I said, they didn't phone me up and say, look, we've lost a lot of money on that track. Can you send your nine pounds back? (laughs) Um, So I said, it works both ways. And also if you play on something successful and, and you, and I always used to take, everything very, very seriously. I used to give my all on every session I did. Then it's like a calling card as well. It was great at the time because uh, I got so much work because of of um, people I played with and people who liked the tracks. I mean, some tracks that, that weren't actually, you won't say, I won't say were famous tracks, but acted, uh, I got many calls because of the, for example, uh, Al Stewart, did an album called The Orange. It was an orange album. Uh, and there was a track on there called News from Spain. And there was a, a lot of piano on it, like sort of Rachmaninoff-style piano. And the amount of sessions I got because other other artists heard that track and said, can you can you do a piano like you did on, on News from Spain? Now, News from Spain wasn't... Uh, I mean, The Orange album, I mean, it's highly respected by 
people who, who, who like Al Stewart, like myself, and I think it's a tremendous album. I think it's one of the best he produced. Um, but because of that particular track, I, I played on so many different tracks for people because of it. So everything you do sort of acts, as I say, a bit like a calling card. Well, Rick, I know for me, a, a huge album for me growing up was uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I, I wanted to ask you your memories of working with the Sabbath on that album. Oh, it was great. I mean, they're still great friends of mine. Um, and in fact, interestingly enough, my son Adam's been playing with Ozzy for 20 odd years now. <clears throat> and uh, when Adam first joined Ozzy and was doing this with, with Sabbath and doing Ozfest and things, Ad said to me, we're doing a couple of tracks off of... Uh, off of Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and we're doing Zebra Cadabra and things. He said, you, you, you played on those, Dad? And I said, yeah, I know. Uh, he wasn't even born. <laughs> and he said, um, you could help me out, Dad, by telling me if you can remember what you played. I said, I can't even remember being there because um, everybody was on another planet when we did those, sure. those tracks. And uh, he went, oh. I said, I'd like to know what it was, though, when you work it out. Uh, I had great fun doing those <laughs> sessions. Ozzy and the lads and Tony and, and Geezer and, and Bill then, uh, just just great friends, great guys. Uh, yes, we with yes we actually toured with Sabbath. We supported them for a whole tour in 1972, I think, uh, which was absolutely tremendous. I mean, they've remained great friends of mine ever since and will continue to do so. And, in fact, one of the albums I most enjoyed doing uh, sessions for um, which in recent years I say recent years uh, was Osmosis Ozzy's album Osmosis sure. which I think is a phenomenal album it's uh, it's I, I've described it as, um, as 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 prog metal because there's tracks on that album that any prog band or prog artist would have been proud to have have uh, recorded uh, like Perry Mason I think is one of the one of the greatest uh, rock tracks ever. I think it's fantastic. Um, and, and actually, Ozzy sang uh, on an album of mine for me. He sang on um, on the Return to the Centre of the Earth album. He, he sang on a track called Buried Alive and did a phenomenal job on it. Uh, yeah, good friends, great guys. And, um, uh, well, I, mean, I think Tony Iommi is, is universally accepted as being the godfather of guitar metal. Excellent. Again, uh, Rick, I'm excited to see you here at uh, the Pantages Theater in Minneapolis, and it's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been great. Thanks ever so much, Dustin. And again, that was Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Rick Wakeman, and you can see him as part of his The Even Grumpier Old Rockstar Tour coming to Minneapolis at the Pantages Theater on November 5th. This is Joel Parisman, president of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you're listening to The Five Count, bringing rock and roll to the masses.
from reddish-brown to bright yellow. Their way lit by crystals appearing as lighted globes. They continued through the lava gallery, which gently sloped until they reached the intersection of two roads. Without hesitation, Professor Liddenbrook chose the eastern tunnel, and the journey continued through a succession of arches appearing before them as if they were the aisles of a Gothic cathedral. The walls were enhanced with impressions of rock weeds and mosses from the Silurian epoch.
eastern route they had taken had come to a dead end. With three days' walk back to the fork to find Arne Saknussem's original route, they found their water rations were limited to one day. Knowing their only chance of finding water was on that route, they set off for the fork, and there, finally, they fell, almost lifeless, on the third day. After sleep, they continued down the other tunnel in their quest for water, and while searching on his own, Hans the guide heard the sound of water thundering behind a granite wall, and with a pickaxe, attacked the wall so as to allow a stream of boiling water to enter and cool in their tunnel. Not only had they found life in the water, but they'd also found a flowing guide to the center of the earth. They called the stream the Hansbach. Replenished with the water, the journey continued with haste, but somehow they find themselves separated. Professor Lidenbrook's nephew, Axel, found himself alone. 
His mind was seized with unparalleled fear, and he saw memories of home flashing before him. His fiancée, Grauben, his house and friends in Hamburg. He saw hallucinations of all the incidents of the journey. And unworthy as he felt, he knelt in fervent prayer, and then in panic, he ran blindly through a tunnel, only to reach a dead end, where he fell panting for breath. In the darkness, he cried. Voices, voices, voices. He heard voices. He heard his uncle's voice. Due to the shape of the gallery and the conducting power of the rocks, his uncle's voice was uncannily traveling around the walls. And by means of their chronometers, they discovered they were four miles apart. So Axel set about the task of rejoining the professor and their guide. <coughs> Thank you.
Dreams of a life on earth go flashing past Of home of Grogan, friends of whom he's seen his last Contemplating what his life's been worth While trapped beneath the earth An embryo at birth Pain and fear destroy the beauty I have seen When no other man has ever been Solarian epoch Moves me as my grave My final bow I wave A life too late to Thank <laughs> you. 
We're back, son. Oh, yes. Welcome back to The Five Count. What a wonderful night it is. That was Rick Wakeman, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, now Five Count alumnus, Rick That's Wakeman. That's awesome. That's a good interview. Could you hear his cape? Oh, I could hear a little swishing in the breeze. Swish, there. swish. It's familiar to me because I wear capes quite often. Now, is there such thing as a cape chafe? Um, I mean, yeah, if you're not careful when you sit down or if you're, you know, zipping up, there's a few things that can happen. But you gotta be, I mean, once you wear the cape for a while, you become mindful. The cape becomes a part of you, Dust. Ah. You see? You're a superman, son. Well, you know, my daughter says it a lot now. I don't know what the deal is, but when I'm playing with her, she goes, "You." she tells me either I have a superman chest or a batman chest. Oh. Dad, you had Superman chest. Pick me up. She just says my chest looks like... she goes like, flying or yeah. what? Was oh, that, yeah. That was that noise? <laughs> or I have to then pretend Superman. Or she says I have a Batman chest. Which, you know, I say thank you so very much. And okay. Egon Spengler hair. Yes, dude, it works. And a cape. <laughs> a hell of a combo. Dude, it really Hell of is. a combo. <laughs> it really is, dude. Wow. Wow. Don, I got a mailbag question here from Billy Floyd Shouts. If you're interested, I know you are. I know that mighty yawn does not mean you're uninterested in Billy Floyd Shouts. I'm totally interested. Can I say before I go on to this question? You can say whatever you want. That I have a job where I'm listening to things on my headphones all day. So I've been going back, listening to some of the older shows that are available on like the iTunes, Spotify apple podcast whatever mm-hmm. and there's a bunch from like the 2014 ish area and uh bill shouts won tickets to man of war oh. that was back when he was just bill shouts yeah yeah we also made mention of twitter lori for the first time on episode 500 wow where we interviewed aerosmith's joey kramer and stopped at the new order bus yes a lot of great shows it was history History in the making, and we had no idea. The best part, we gave away so many tickets to things, like every week, sometimes twice in one show, two different shows. Yeah. Tickets everywhere. I know. And now none of those people, they all come out of the woodwork to get free tickets, but then when you say, hey, why don't you give us a dollar for Patreon? Nothing. More crickets. Yeah. Nothing. Nobody. It's all right. Can you, I know, I remember doing that. Can you believe, dude, that we... Went to Man of War for free and gave other people that opportunity as well. Free tickets to Man of War, dude. Are you effing joking me, dude? Tons in his garage, so he's seriously reverting back to his old ways. Yes. I mean, that's ridiculous. I wanted to say, if you're out there maybe scrolling the fivecount.com or looking through the podcast posts and you see uh, the titles like, an evening with Rick Wakeman. And you yeah. think to yourself, eh, Rick Wakeman, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan. But what you don't know is that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens. The Rick Wakeman part or the whoever interview part is just like a small portion of the entire two hours. Yeah. There's all sorts of sweet music, ton talking about his hair, weird people calling in, and all sorts of other things that don't actually really pertain to uh, whatever the title of the show is called. So yeah. if you're nervous about that, I'd say just listen to it anyway. Yeah, just listen to the whole thing. It's worth it. You'll love it. 
Also, don't get deterred by the guest. Say if you're not a fan of Rick Wakeman, which I don't know why that would happen, but... Maybe you're a big wuss. Yeah, maybe you're a big wuss. There's tons of other, like, slightly more wussy guests. I mean, we typically don't have any wusses on this show, but... What I'm saying is there's tons of different types of guests on this program. That's what's really cool to me. When you just look through the celebrity interviews, there's so much. There's so many different, like people from different areas of, of what would you call celebridom. Celebridom. Whatever it is. You, there's, there's a lot of different avenues. So check it out. Go to thefivecow.com. You will find something that you will be interested in. I promise. Well, Ton, I know you're interested in hearing from Billy Floyd Shouts. Yes, I am. Uh, This is kind of a spooky question because it's kind of spooky time of year. Mm. It's been well established that you both are well versed in the horror movie genre. My question is, what is your five count of mainstream scary movies? Since Ton will likely say, what does he mean by mainstream? I'm looking for movies that have played at the multiplex and have made some sort of box office impact. Yeah, yeah. Love okay. Billy Floyd Shouts. Yeah. That was my impression of Ton, not necessarily Billy Floyd Shouts's. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. That's all right. No, that, <laughs> that's a that's a valid question for for his and I, uh, our relationship. <laughs> that's a valid question, but that's okay. I think I understood it. Um, I'm kind of glad that he, that he said that anyway. Uh the top five i'm i probably i I probably will still be controversial controversial probably i mean i'm gonna say nightmare on elm street i don't think that that um i have no idea when it comes to horror i've never really looked into box office numbers like what it really did but i know that had those had releases you know you could go see them in movie theaters so um i would say that's mainstream enough sure um and nightmare nightmare on elm street um i don't know that all all these have to go into the top five but one two and three in particular i think are really fantastic like really good um yeah that for the horror genre and for that time period super good i think that counts yeah um so then friday the 13th also yes friday the 13th uh the first one in particular i would say i mean that was pretty impacting you know i almost just because of it all i almost want to put halloween in there but only the first one not the one with buster rhymes no not at all um not the one that rob zombie made no, no, not the one that comes out or just came out just maybe came two out, days ago. I, I haven't seen it. I might watch it, but I haven't seen it. Um, it, I mean, it could be okay, but I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not betting any money on that. But so those are. I mean, those first ones are are really good. Um, and in some ways, it's weird. We've kind of talked about that, but I feel like fortunate enough to grow up in a time period where we could see those where they were relatively. Um, new, and then experience crazy weird things like that, like the Nightmare on Elm Street hotline and stuff. Like, dude, and the board game. Yes, I have the board game in my basement right now, and it's like that stuff doesn't happen. Like that's quite possibly never happening again. 
You know what I mean? All of that. That whole thing. Like, you get immersed in, in the whole thing. It's like, I don't know. That's, that's really... That's really cool. That was fun times. So I guess that's top three. Where 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 can I go from there? Um, how um, much money did Shocker make at the box office? Dude, probably none. But I bet that was released, <laughs> and Shocker should be on there, dude. You think so? I think so. Well, let's put Shocker on there. Yes, that's a good movie. What about Pumpkinhead? I don't know. Maybe. You know, I remember watching that and genuinely the first time watching it kind of being freaked out. I also, I would say, uh, I would want to put Hellraiser on there. The first one. Maybe even the second one. But I don't know how, I don't even know truly. was. Is there a way you can look up quick if Hellraiser was in the theaters? I think it was. I don't know if the, if the sequels were because I think Hellraiser was like to the extreme. I was looking up Shocker, ultimately grossing $16.5 million. Wow, wow. Uh, In its opening weekend, it ranked second behind the third weekend of Look Who's Talking. (laughs) Wow. That's just not fair. Yeah. I I have to be honest with you, dude. I would would take Pumpkin Ahead off and put Hellraiser on for sure. For sure. Um, Hellraiser was in the theaters. It was. Roger Ebert, he said it was bankruptcy of imagination. That's a load. There's 10 of these movies? Yeah. What about Child's Play? They basically kept getting crappy after part three, I would say. One time I went to a horror convention and I uh, asked Pinhead in the men's room. Really? (laughs) So... Do you, you're um kind of you're from kind of around here. Do you remember I think it was 92, was it? 91, 92, the the infamous around here Halloween with where it snowed like crazy, we got a blizzard. Yeah, we had that in that? the sewer too. Was it in 92? That's only 20 miles up the road. I know, that's why I said you're kind of from around here. So I and assuming you remember it also. Was it in 92? 91 i think 91 halloween blizzard yeah something like that wait a second let's find out keep talking i'm looking it up you could search it and so when did hellraiser come out did you just see that it was late 80s right 87 yeah that's what what i was gonna say 87 so yeah like 91 whatever i have vivid memories still of that blizzard happening and i i was out in i was pretty far away from my house out trick-or-treating by myself i have no idea what i was that year as a costume no idea but i remember vividly this area of town it's right by some betsy tasty and tib houses and there was this perfect like scenario where there was street lights and they're pretty far away and I remember in the distance, probably like a block away and then across the street, I saw a figure walking. And suddenly, as it came in underneath the street light, it was Pinhead. And it was the perfect full Pinhead costume I had ever seen. And I was like mesmerized and frozen, scared stiff. But also like memorized mesmerized and excited so i kept trying to chase after pinhead but keep my distance and i went up the block like on the opposite thing and i remember him going walking and he'd walk very slowly with the super long 
you know, that super long jacket deal. And it just, you know, almost made it look like he was floating because he's in this, the snow and the snow falling down and the kind of the, the triangle of, of yellow street light. And then he'd disappear into the darkness and then he'd hit that next light. Wow. Wow. Whoever that was in 91 in Mankato, Minnesota, dressed up as pinhead. You are awesome. My friend. Did he kill you? No, I'm still here today. Oh yeah. But the the costume from afar looked absolutely amazing. It's on two weeks from tomorrow. Is the 30th anniversary of that very day. Man. Amazing. Maybe he'll come back 30 years later. Wow. To finish the job. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Man. It was awesome though. Vivid memories. That's that's a, that was a wonderful time back then. You know what I'm saying? Wonderful time. Hey, Ton, we just, uh, as you were telling that story, got a call from the five count hotline really got a voicemail you want to hear it? who would have called us well, let's find out oh yeah hello everybody this is jerry i'm calling from rochester i'm down <laughs> in our basement here in my house i have to be quiet because uh there's people sleeping and uh, uh let's see here i mean i want to go to lesseur why can't i ever get there i've wanted to go there for years i mean lesseur is one of the greatest I've had, you know, I used to live there. I lived there for a brief moment, like a week. I need to go back and just check it out again. So if anybody can help me with that. Also, um, what else? Uh, I was going to say something else. Uh, what else is there? Oh, man. Besides Lazur, did you know that there's a baseball field in Wasika that costs like $2 million <laughs> to make? I mean, it's, it's a $2 million baseball field. People from all over the world should come and check it out. Because when I go there, I mean, I think I could have did it for, I could have probably built that for 5000 But it costs $2 million. So anybody who goes there will be in awe of that baseball field. When you look at it, you'll go, man, every bit of that $2 million was well spent. <laughs> I mean, it's a baseball field. Uh, there's grass, there's a stand where you sit. You know, two million dollars, man. Wow. I gotta get in that I gotta get in the baseball making business. But you know, that's all I got. Cause I gotta go to sleep. It's late. So goodbye everybody. Have a good night. Have a good show. And you know what? I'm gonna go to bed. Alright, good night now, boy. Good night. <laughs> Alright. Wow. That was Jerry. Wow. Him pining for a lasseur. That was Jerry from Rochester. That dude, that might be the spookiest call we've ever gotten. That was like, wow. Definitely freaked me off. I know that. Holy number two. That was something. Ton, do you think you were that easily spooked like 10 years ago? No. No. Are you sure? Because I know exactly what happened. You know how? No idea. Ask me how. How did you do it? Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Oh, man. I know, right? Wow. People still say that 10 years ago? That's weird. Ton, it was me and you on October 15th, 2011. Ooh. Mm. Uh, here's the thing, Ton. We had an exclusive interview 10 years ago with your all-time favorite actress, Linnea Quigley. Yeah. Remember that show? Yes. We talked about I all sorts it. of stuff like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night her horror workout video 
And uh, she talked a lot about her nipples. That yeah, was Tun's favorite part. Yes. Not sure how that came up, but uh, it did, and then they stayed up. It did. <laughs> yes. I was fine with it. Absolutely fine. That was 10 years ago, Ton. That show's on thefivecount.com. Linnea Quigley. Return of the Living Dead. A lot yeah. of people know her from that film. Yep. Good she stuff. was in uh, a bunch of other stuff. Savage Streets. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Night of the Demons. I have a signed Silent Night, Deadly Night poster at my house. Yeah, you do. What a great film. It really is pretty good. I was going to mention that as the top five, yeah. but um, it actually re-aired in Mankato several years ago now. Yeah. At the theater up on campus. Uh-huh. And uh, I was the only one there. Yeah. Me and my gal pal. Yeah. Entire theater to ourselves. That was the first and last time they did anything like that. Yeah. Way to go out there. It's too Could bad. have had fun stuff, but you wrecked it. <laughs> well, that one is a little bit questionable. That is more along the lines of the non-box office that you and I would dig. Naughty! But, but maybe someone else might not. Man. Well, that was 10 years ago, Tom. Awesome. I just wanted to squeeze that in there because we're kind of running long here. Yeah, it's all right. Maybe we should just like, you know, come back to the present. Let's do it. Back when you weren't so scared of everything. So I wanted to quickly say a couple of things about this whole top five in horror films deal. Now, did you did you like People Under the Stairs? You know, at one point I thought I did. Yes. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, yeah. Could have left this under the stairs. Yeah. Dude, I just had that experience. <laughs> I watched it just like two weeks ago or something. I was watching it, and I 100% was like, I'm pretty sure I liked this at one time. What the what the heck was happening? Must have been all those leather jumpsuits. Man. I don't know what that was. I can't wait to hear Floyd shouts top five i can't wait to hear that hey he'll be here in your garage he, next week is he gonna put like scream on there and the ring and like final destination yeah the ring not even the real ring movie i know some stuff that you said last winter or whatever who knows yeah. he's a jokester that guy that's the other funny thing is you can't even there's some really good Japanese stuff out there, but you can't put that on the list because it didn't release here at all. Nobody would even know. Bummer. I know. You know who people know a lot about? What? They know a lot about mid-90s Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, they do. Featuring the keyboard stylings of Rick Wakeman. Yes, dude. He was on the program earlier tonight. Awesome. Let's hear some songs that featured uh, Rick Wakeman. Let's do it. Then we'll come back and Ton will say some other things.
What's up, guys? This is Sonny from the band P.O.D., and you are tuning in and listening to The Five Count. Take my word out my mouth and don't you know 
It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools And say ask her to focus on singers Fighting in the dance hall John Lodge of the Moody Blues and Beyond, and you're listening to The Five Count. Tuesday 
we're back, Ton. Don't touch that. Knock us right off the air. I was going to kill a bug on it. There was a bug. Welcome back to the five count. Here Dang it is. Gong, get it on. That's what Ton always says. Yeah, man. Live from my garage, the five count. Did you know that T and T-Rex stands for Ton? Wow. Ton Rex. I had no idea, but thank you now. We've been pretty lucky. Not too many loud trucks driving by. We've been pretty lucky to have Rick Wakeman on the program tonight. Yes, we have. And uh, next, well, he's going to be at the Pantages Theater November 5th for the even grumpier old rock star tour. That's crazy. You should probably go. Who else is with them? Do we know? Do we know the deeds? Uh, it's him and his friends. Well, good for them. Yeah, should be good. Yeah. All right. What do you do? Ton, you know what I would do? What? I'd probably go to thefivecount.com and find all the fun stuff you could have there for nothing. It's all free for the taking. Yes. Yes, it is. Go there. Check it out. You could also join us on Patreon. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, for as cheap as $1, you can join us on Patreon and get all the extra content as well as some of the content before anyone else is able to hear it. You know, I was whining earlier about all the tickets we've given away over the years. Yeah. Now, if you had one tickets to uh, one of the hundreds of shows we've given away, mm-hmm. just the value of one ticket, usually we give them away in pairs. The value of one ticket could probably net you a good three, four years of Patreon access. Yeah, man. So just help us out. That's real. That's real talk. And if you have any money left over, you could go to Lori Dawn Ceramics. Yeah, you could. That's a website that sells ceramics. Beautiful ceramics. Go there. The check best. it out. <laughs> go there right now. And if you had any money actually after all you did all that other stuff, next week I think is Pledge Drive for KMSU. Ton. Oh, yeah. I know you've got 15 mouths to feed now, but yep. I hope you can still kick in some money to get one of those uh, cool KMSU scarves. Yeah. And water bottles. Yes. And other swag. Wonderful. As the middle-aged cool kids like to say. Amazing. Swag. Swag. It's all coming next week. Got a big, exciting show planned for next week. Do you really? I can't even talk about it. I'm so excited. Do you really? What? We have no idea. Oh, I have an idea. You have an idea. It's absolutely ridiculous, just like bonkers. It's going to be great. Wow. I'm guessing we'll be the only country representing, and the only station probably in the whole universe. (laughs) Don't just limit it to the country. (laughs) Really? Got something real special. (laughs) Well, good. I can't wait. I think we're done, though, for right now. Yep. Here we are. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to Ton. Thanks to Tonson. Yeah, thanks, Tonson, for not calling me back inside. Appreciate it. Thanks to you, gentle listeners. Thanks for sleeping. So long. See ya.